Digify Africa and Flash Conversations. Good afternoon. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Digify Africa Unplugged Conversations. Today, we are kicking off Digify Africa Chat for Impact series, which will be looking at two organizations that participated at the Chat for Impact Bootcamp, which saw 30 organizations participating in two days of training to advance their goals of addressing societal issues using WhatsApp as a communication tool. Now today, we're sort of zooming into using WhatsApp to promote mental wellness. Now, if you are based in South Africa, you will know that the month of October is Mental Health Awareness Month, um, which is there to educate the public about mental health, um, but also um, whilst educating, sort of reduce the stigma and discrimination um, that people with mental illness are often subjected to. So as Digify Africa, we thought, why not sort of um, speak to, a com to an organization that is in the forefront of cultivating a space that is interested in raising awareness around mental health in the sub-Saharan Africa. Um, so I am joined by Strong Minds. Um, Strong Minds is basically a nonprofit that treats depression in women in low-income communities in sub-Saharan Africa. Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Pleasure to be uh, here. Thank you for joining me um, in this conversation. Now, as I mentioned, Strong Minds is a nonprofit that treats depression in women. Um, could you please tell us more about the work that Strong Minds does on the ground? Strong Minds uh, is a mental health organization. We have been around since 2013, and our mission is to improve the mental health of women and adolescents in Africa. We work right now in Uganda and Zambia. And our therapy model is based in something called group interpersonal therapy. Strong Minds treats depression by um, using group interpersonal therapy, which is uh, an evidence-based de depression intervention that is low cost and highly scalable, meaning we can reach the tens of thousands of women who need our services through this model. Um, most people don't understand the extent of the depression epidemic in Sub-Saharan Africa. We estimate that 66 million women uh, across the continent experience depression, and we know that it disables more people than HIV, cancer, or heart disease, and it is the number, number one disabler of women in, on the continent. Um, but the problem is that Due to lack of investment, uh, upwards of 85% of people who uh, experience depression have no access to any sort of effective or evidence-based treatment. So we're here to provide that treatment through our, through our group therapy model. Mm, I see. I see. Um, you know, mental health is quite a, it's quite a contentious or not contentious, actually, I think that's the word. I think it's a sensitive, um, you know, conversation or topic, um, especially, I think, on this side of the world where there's just been a lot of um, conservative, conservative sort of um, perspectives around, you know, how mental health presents itself, especially in Black communities. Um, I think having platforms like Strong Minds becomes very important important to sort of um, push the narrative and also just raise awareness around just how detrimental it is to individuals and 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 I, I see that also I mean you mentioned in law in, in just some of the work that you guys do but also in the research that I did I saw that um, you sort of specifically focus on you know women 
why why did you feel or at least what sparked the the interest in wanting to to sort of zoom in into how depression sort of um has an impact on on, on women we know that women are uh, experiencing depression at twice the rate of men and the reasons for that are not entirely clear but that's a global figure right there and it applies certainly in, in the cases of the countries where we where we work um, so that was primarily the impetus for focusing in on women. And we also know that the first depressive episode is usually experienced in adolescence, which is why we try to um, conduct early intervention by identifying and treating depression in those populations. So the impact of treating depression on a woman is, is exponential. We estimate that for every woman that we treat, four members of her household feel the benefits. And it comes down to how depression affects the way a woman experiences her life. Uh, when a woman is depressed, she is less likely to go to work. Um, she is less likely to engage in any sort of economic productivity or productive activities. She, we know that her children will go to school uh, or miss more days of school. And we know that they will experience uh, more difficult mental health outcomes. So uh, we also know that when a woman recovers from depression, she is more likely to send her children to school. We have statistics to back this up. More likely to send her children to school, more likely to engage in economically productive activities and will feed her children uh, more meals per day. So basic needs of the family are met when a woman has good mental health. And when she's suffering, when she's too exhausted to complete these daily tasks, the whole family feels the impact. So we really do focus on women because they're the backbone of households, they're the backbone of communities. And if they are suffering, then everyone is feeling the impacts. I think you also just mentioned something very interesting. And I think a lot of, um, you know, what has been happening, especially in South Africa, in terms of like our pub, pub, public um, discourse around um, women, it's, it's, all, it's, it's also just been around how do we dismantle this um, idea that women sort of have to carry this load of like running households and, you know, sort of having running careers as well on the side and sort of just sort of being like the glue. Um, do you maybe have, you know, a perspective on how do you get to a point where we sort of also, whilst it's important to, to, to have, you know, platforms or spaces like strong minds, but how do we also as a society get to a point where women are just normal human beings and they don't have to be carrying um so much load you know so what are some of the things that as a society and i think maybe globally should we be thinking of around when it comes to women in the house setting and, and just in general um to sort of just take away this very big load yeah you know this is a problem that's global we see it everywhere and you know i here in the US, it's a problem. Women do shoulder more of the household activities while still having to be economically productive. So this is not um, you know, unique to any one particular place. Yeah. The social services that can support families are really key to liberating women from a lot of the duties that they, you know, that fall to them. Um, but it, depression is not necessarily triggered by having a disproportionate load. It, that can certainly 
aggravated, but depression is, it's a medical condition and it's usually treated by one, triggered rather by one of four things. Um, unresolved grief over the loss of a loved one. You know, a certain amount of grief is obviously normal when someone passes, but when that feeling doesn't subside uh, and can go on for years, that would be considered a, a possible depression. Uh, unexpected life changes are also a huge trigger of depression. And this is true globally. Um, it could be marriage, divorce, moving to a new town, um, the loss of a job, things that you were not prepared yeah. to adjust to. And then uh, isolation, a sense of being yeah. all alone with your problems is another um, trigger of depression that we, we see. So a lot of women just, you know, self-isolate. They think that no one understands them. Maybe they're living uh, in, a, in a new place where they don't feel supported. They don't feel like they have a network and they kind of withdraw into themselves and they feel all alone with their problems. And that manifests itself sometimes as depression. Uh, and the sense, sustained conflict in a marriage, in a family, with siblings, with children, with parents, with coworkers, sustained conflict that does not resolve over time can also be a trigger of depression. And so these are universal. These are not just related to women, not just related to men, they're not just related to any one region. So that's why you see depression everywhere, not just you know in places where certain economic conditions apply. So really depression exists independently of a woman's socioeconomic situation, but those that can exacerbate the situation for sure. And it can also prevent her from getting the help she needs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I want to spend to sort of get into, um, you know, talking about, um, you know, the bot, Amani, that sort of aims to serve, um, and, and, I, and I believe I stand to be corrected, to serve the um, Uganda region and Zambia, um, individuals struggling with mental health. Um, what sort of inspired this move? And I mean, obviously, um, when I think about, you know, using, when, when I think about using mechanisms or platforms like bots, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is the digital divide and you know digital inequality on the continent due to lack of digital infrastructure high level high levels of data um you know people can't afford to 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 go online and and, and to sort of look for for resources that could maybe assist with their problems um so what inspired um you know a strong minds creating a bot um that speaks to mental health and also were you guys not also sort of afraid of, um, you know, how it might um, sort of land with obviously in mind, like with with the um, with the issues that I've sort of mentioned in mind with regards to the digital divide? Yeah, that's definitely consideration, and it's something that we think a lot about. But the initial inspiration for the chatbot was the COVID-19 pandemic. We normally go out into communities on foot and meet women, um, invite them to be screened, share information about depression, what it might look like. And we, so we mobilize within communities and um, door to door. And when the COVID-19 pandemic prevented that from happening, we needed to find another way. So, recognizing that WhatsApp is a very popular way of communicating, of doing business, 
in uh, many of the countries where we work, yeah. we decided to, to try this. It was really a quick pilot to see if we could somehow provide general mental health information and support and a pathway to our therapy services through WhatsApp. We know, you know, it's conservative about data, so we didn't have to necessarily, um, you know, worry about that as much. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it was just a test to see who would we reach and, and would it work? And and it, it worked really well. We initially just tested a few Facebook ads to send out um, information about the chatbot, uh, and we kind of just did a very wide uh, target audience. And, and people started pouring into the chatbot. They really wanted information about, about mental health. And this was really at the height of the pandemic. So we watched people come in, we watched them navigate through, and then ultimately, I think 5,000 people used the chatbot in the first three months of operation. Wow. And, and from there, 10% uh, were actually went through the entire process and then, were screened by one of our staff members for depression by phone, not through the chatbot, and were invited into therapy. So 10% of the users from the chatbot in those first three months were made their way into a free Strong Minds therapy group, which we thought was tremendous and certainly helped us continue providing our services during the lockdown. And the appetite was enough that we decided to expand and see if we could serve other populations. The other interesting thing about the chatbot was that, you know, because we had been limited to door-to-door -to -door mobilization prior to the pandemic, we were only serving small pockets, you know, geographically, and uh, just because of the travel uh, time involved. And so this really, the, the key thing about our, 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 our response to the COVID-19 pandemic was not just this chatbot, but the fact that our therapy was um, we switched to delivering our therapy by phone. So suddenly women could find us online or have them someone text them the link and then they could go through the chatbot, they could educate uh, themselves about their feelings about depression and they could request a callback from Strong Minds to get screened. And we suddenly went from serving these small isolated not isolated, but smaller geographical regions to serving the entire country. And that was true both in Uganda and Zambia, which was really exciting. I like the fact that you guys also, you know, as I was, as I mentioned, as I was introducing this question, um, you guys were also quite cognizant of the fact that, you know, there are issues around the digital divide on the continent and we sort of went for a platform that um, consumes less data, um, which meant that there would be more access. And I think I'm always excited and I appreciate organizations that are very mindful of that because it's one thing to sort of introduce innovative ways um, in responding to societal issues, but it's another when those mechanisms are also accessible and they also speak to marginalized communities um, which sort of most of the time don't really get to enjoy some of the privileges that come you know with the expansion of the digital economy um, whether it's it's mechanisms that speak to um, societal issues or just you know economical um, empowerment so I was really quite excited to see that um, also 
you guys were also quite very cognizant of that issue. Now, talk to me about um, the experience, um, you know, of participating in the Chat for Impact Bootcamp. And I mean, I saw you guys were, were one of the um, 10 um, winning organizations in the bootcamp. Um, you know, how was that? And, and, and how, how was that two-day experience for you? We were thrilled to be invited to participate in the, the initial boot camp and then to uh, make the cut for the, the Chat for Impact Accelerator, which was a three-month intensive process where we got a lot of hands-on support from Turn.io and from folks at WhatsApp and were able to really invest in growing and expanding the chatbot. So it was exciting to be around peer organizations. It was exciting to learn what other people are doing in with WhatsApp as a form of communication. And it's exciting to see the, the technology as it's evolving. In our initial phase, we were very text heavy and we were kind of like a mini internet, you know, it was just a lot of, it was reading. And we realized even then we were probably excluding people who couldn't spend a lot of time scrolling through text heavy chat. So we took this opportunity to make things a little lighter on text, a little bit more interactive, a little more engaging, more visuals, and trying to really meet people where they are. And the nice thing about the, the chat for Impact Accelerator was that it also put us in a position where we could start doing better testing on our chatbot and really understand, do some maybe testing, understand if certain uh, wording or phrasing is off-putting to people or particularly helpful to people, understand where people keep coming back in the, their chat journey and to provide interactive quizzes and questionnaires to help people um, retain knowledge about mental health that they might have gained on the chatbot. And the point there is to really just cont contribute to the overall destigmatization of depression and mental illness and to get people really comfortable with the vocabulary, really able to think about the symptoms of depression without judgment, to recognize those symptoms in themselves and possibly their loved ones and to have greater empathy for themselves and their loved ones. And to be able to do that all through a fairly, it's, it's high tech, but it's low tech, low cost platform, which is WhatsApp. And it was, it was really exciting for us. And I, you know, I can see that it's going to, to go good places for us. We, you know, there is a digital divide, but it's closing quickly and I've seen statistics that uh, smartphone usage in uh, the countries where we work, Uganda and Zambia, increased 25% just during the pandemic. And so it's interesting to see how that might impact the, the digital divide. And that's not to say that Strong Minds isn't still going out and serving the populations that we have always served. Uh, we are still out now that conditions are improved, we're still out in communities, on foot, talking to people, holding our therapy in person, but now we have, thanks to the chatbot and our phone-based therapy model, we have the ability to treat people remotely still. So the people who we couldn't necessarily get to by car and foot, and those people that we, um, you know, who, who might want the, the sort of privacy of, of experiencing their mental health education through their phone. So there's there's a lot to be said and a lot of benefits for having um, a phone-based therapy and psychoeducation program. 
yeah I like that and I think what also stood out to me is also just the interest in um being inclusive even when it comes to language because I think those small things usually um people don't really think about but also just using inclusive language around um you know mental health just to lessen um the the stigma around conversations around mental health so for me that's also just something that um sort of stands out before I let you go Jane um talk to our listeners and our community about where they can find um you know strong minds if you know if you are in South Africa and you're interested um or even actually because we 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 reach Nigeria and Kenya um you know interested in in wanting to sort of play around with Amani and and get some help if one needs help how do they do that you can all of our information is on our website uh, which is www.strongminds.org and uh, we have links to the chatbot there um, you can follow us on social media which is um, uh, facebook.com slash make strong minds or on twitter and um, you will find all the links to our uh, social or to the chatbot and to our work in general through those those pathways thank you so much jen for joining me i think this was quite um, an enlightening conversation especially um just around you know using um digital media technologies to sort of um, address social issues especially issues like mental health which for a long time especially i think on our continent have been sort of um on the sidelines and not really in the forefront and i think it's quite important to continue to push um you know uh, um you know ways and and and, and different um platforms coming up to sort of speak and address the issue of um, mental health all around, I think, um, just on the continent as a whole. So um, I think this is going to be quite a useful um, tool just to sort of speak to that particular issue. So thank you so much for joining. Thank me. you very much. Thank you.